Hey everyone, Chris here. Uh, as you guys know, the Insanity Check is on break for the rest of 2018. Um, I just had a lot of stuff going on, and in order to make sure we get all the premium stuff up and Super Tuesday, Character Corners, and all the rest of stuff we need to do, I need to take a break from the Insanity Check. The Insanity Check will be back in 2019, but we wanted to make sure we're still delivering content on the Insanity Check feed. So, for the rest of the year, the Insanity Check podcast feed will be hosting the return of MTR's science duo of Koki and P-Funk. So sit back and enjoy the return of Molecules and Shit. Hello, everyone. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. This is Molecules and Shit, and this is a science podcast. I'm your co-host, P-Funk, at P-Funk and Around on Twitter. And I'm joined by your host, Koki Negra. Doctor? Sir? How's the, uh, the last week been? It's been a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we recorded last week, right? And then now we're here this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the, that's the best way to cope, I find, is just to excise chunks of time from my history just to, just to make, it through the, make it through the week. That'll do it. Yeah. That did, I mean, Obama's still president and uh, everything's hunky-dory, right? Okay. All right. So, I mean, it, it, it has been some time, but we're back in new places, both figuratively and literally. How have you been for the last few months? What's, what's been going on with you? Uh, I have a long story, which I do not want to tell. Um, but <laughs> let's say a lot's going on. The only, there are two good things that have happened to me over the last eight months mm-hmm. one i saw hamilton Ooh, you you actually saw the hamilton i saw hamilton in a theater at the kennedy center Ooh, yeah how was that fabulous i mm. still don't think i'm right wow, wow. Yeah, it, it just rocked your world let's put it this way i grew up a theater kid mm-hmm. and i can remember lots of times where my mother and i um I'm from Eastern Pennsylvania and it's not that far from New York city. Mm-hmm. So going to New York city was never a big deal for us. You know, it's less than two hours. Mm. And so, you know, that you've been the distance, you know, how long it takes. Yes. Um, so we used to go in the summertime and hang around the box office until two minutes before the show and get cheap tickets and run in. I so I that. have seen <laughs> Stephanie Mills, oh. Ken page. um, Let's see. Debbie Allen. Ooh. Nell Carter. Uh, Lou Myers. Oh, the dude from a uh, different world. Mr. Yeah, Gaines? Mr. Gaines. Oh. Um, uh, Blair Underwood. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of, of um, I saw Jerry or Jerry Orbach. Oh, before he died. Yeah. Well, no, when I was a kid, long time. Oh, but so, oh, oh. I mean, I've seen really, really good performances on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I have never seen anything like this. Really? It is worth every penny. Really? People were sobbing at the end of it. Now, I was not sobbing, mm. but it took me a minute to get up out of the chair. Like, nobody was trying to get up and run away. I saw a matinee. Mm-hmm. Um, I like matinees. It's easy to get home. <laughs> no, that, but, that makes uh, sense. It was incredible. It really was incredible. I mean, I like the Kennedy Center for, for performing arts 
anyway. Mm-hmm. It's built well. The 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 sound is well. Like it's 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 a fabulous place to go see anything. Okay. This wasn't even that great of a theater. I've been in other ones in there. This was the Opera House, which I guess as acoustic wise, it makes sense. Well, I guess acoustic wise, that's why they wanted it in there because they know music's a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the acoustics in there are fabulous, and you know the pit orchestra was amazing, and but it's just it it really sort of rips rips at your emotions. It's it's very very good. Uh, I mean, I've listened to the soundtrack a couple of times. It's not the same. I have the soundtrack too. I have the the Hamilton, which I won from somebody on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, none of it is the same as being there. Wow. Okay. And I'm not easily impressed. Like I said, I've seen a whole lot of greats, and I've never seen anything that I felt this moved by. Wow. Okay. And I went to see Familiar three times. I thought I, I thought that was it. Jeez. I cry every time I go see the For Color Girls, and I, I don't know how many productions of that I've seen. Mm. This was far and away 50 times better than anything else i've ever seen now now i feel like i have to find a way to see it worth every penny because i just thought i would have to wait until you know they do the great performances on pbs because i'm like oh, i'm never gonna get a seat so i just have to wait for them to finally put it up there on tv well it took me 11 hours online to get the ticket yeah see that's that's where i would fail well see i was at work so what happened was i got myself on the line i continued to do the work and then i would look every now and then to see where i was Mm. and around i guess around 4 30 they told me six o'clock i would be able to purchase a ticket and i wasn't trying to go home until i got it wow so i just stayed at work till six o'clock they opened the box office online at like 9 a.m and i got my ticket around 6 45 and then i could go home So, I mean, what makes it that different from the soundtrack? Like, is it is it just the actors or just? It's the yeah, it's the actors and how they move on stage and they they are. I've just never seen anything like it. I can't even explain it to you. And anybody who's seen it will tell you the same thing. I can't I can't explain why it was so fabulous, but it was mm. fabulous. I do like the Bop the the Schuyler Sisters. That's always one I put on repeat. Well, you should hear hear people sing it live. I think the live it sounds better than the the cd wow and so these are you know obviously this is the traveling company and so it's they sing better than than the original cast mostly really the women the women do um i think probably the guy who did thomas jefferson is not as good as what's his name the one the original david diggs yeah david i don't think he's as good a singer but he's very animated okay yeah because david diggs's part was less singing and more rapping if i recall from the soundtrack right yeah but he's i think he's a little bit better it's just it, it was great it was really great if you get a chance and you can afford a ticket sit anywhere it's still worth it mm. i'm picky so i needed to be in in the on the floor so i paid way too much for the ticket but oh. Well, I guess I'm I'm less picky. I guess I would just want to say I was in the room. So I guess maybe I'm um, in the room where it happens. In the room where it actually happens, where I can just say I saw it, even though I'll probably just be looking at the back of someone's boot the whole time or whatever. Yeah, but it was it was really quite special. Mm. So what's the other good thing that happened? Um. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm about to be a grandmother, which is Ooh. pretty cool. 
Mm. Uh, how many? Now you guys might ask, how can I be a grandmother since I don't have any children? Um, <laughs> I actually kind of have some children. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> both of both of my uh, surrogate sons are former students mm-hmm. who've had some issue with their family in the past, so I got them. Mm. And so in this case, my I guess he's my number two son. His name is AJ. His mm-hmm. wife is pregnant and due in October. Oh, uh, this month, basically. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, the actual due date is the 22nd, but, you know, babies do what they want. Exactly. Mm, I've, I've, I found that off through many, through many friends. It's like, oh, the due date is such and such. And I'm like, and then to, a week later, it's just like, okay, so the baby's here. But wait, you told me. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's because, one, you're depending on a totally different person who does what they damn well please. Mm-hmm. And they also, the way they, they generate what the due date is, has no, has nothing to do with reality. So is it arbitrary? It's just, based it's not on arbitrary, the, but the, the way they do the, it is like count fetus. back from such and such and such. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they never get it right. Okay. Um, I mean, they they're do better pretty, now pretty than they used well. to be. Hmm? It's pretty well in the ballpark, right? Uh, well, you know, Elon and Emily's baby was like a month later than their due date. Oh. Yeah. It's the baby decides, not you, <laughs> not your doctor, not it's the baby. So wait, really quick, I don't know if you know or not, but then how does in, inducing work? Like well, can they just they, look at the baby and say they sort of make you go into labor. They can just look at the baby and say, "Okay, this one this this bread is ready. We can we can take it out." Well, of the yes. It, frequently when they induce it's because of some problem with the baby. Like, okay, well we better get him out of there. His lungs aren't doing this or, mm. you know, he's getting too big. We better get him out of there. Like th- mm. they will wait till a point where it's clear that the baby's lungs can function outside the womb. Okay. Um, so that's why you see so many premature babies doing just fine. You know, they can, they can manage them much better than they used to. Oh, okay. So it's not unusual for somebody, for them to take a baby at seven months or eight months. If, if the baby's in danger. Right. Because you know, it- Seven months isn't even, that's not even preemie anymore. That's just a little bit early. No, that's preemie. <laughs> seven months as opposed to eight months? Oh, yeah, wait, seven, no, nine months. Yeah. Nine months. Yeah, that's true. Nine months. It's two months. That's true. That's true. But, you know, a lot of those kids still still survive. Hospitals that I worked in, where they, where they have um, neonatal centers. Mm-hmm. Some of those kids are so tiny and they, they manage. Yeah. I guess even when they come out fully cooked, they're still really tiny anyway, so... Some of them, yeah. But uh, so I'm excited about that. So nobody reminded me or nobody told me how expensive this was going to be. What you mean? Well, you know, when you're grandma, you buy stuff. <laughs> mm, did they tell you to buy these things or you just decided you're going to buy all these things? Um, I know what my job is. So Your job is uh, to provide babysitting services when available. <laughs> uh, no, you you do more than that anyway but mm. you know they're broke <laughs> he's just out of medical school uh, they don't have any money yeah so um i did not go to the baby shower which was last weekend because i was at twib live in in the carolinas and they are now living in oh, you, Missouri. Mean TB, you mean tbgwt what did i say you said twib live oh sorry yes <laughs> definitely the black guy who tips live sorry <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, how was that? Cause I, I could not make it to Carolina. Unfortunately, if it was in DC, I definitely would have been there for sure. Um, well, you know me, I'm a little spoiled when it comes to 
food and accommodations mm-hmm. and everything was nice. But being in D.C., it's a foodie town. So I wasn't wasn't too impressed with the food. But oh, OK. So like the restaurants, like the after town, yeah, the town. Uh, but uh, okay. the show was loads of fun. Hmm. My my friend Crystal was there with me. She lives in Charlotte. Crystal oh. went to Miami with me last year. Remember? Oh, okay. Um, oh, she's so the one who she, talks to strangers. No, I'm the one who talks to strangers. Clearly. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was wonderful to see her. And the next morning, she brought her, her daughters for for breakfast, hmm. and okay. so I got a chance to see them. It's been a while. Oh, okay. She's about to be a grandmother for the fourth time. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's one girl. Her one daughter's in college. Like, never, never, never. And her other daughter's on her fourth child. I guess she's having enough kids for the both of them. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah. works for me. They're wonderful kids. Yeah, that works for uh, the other so daughter, I, too. I, she's I, like, uh, cool, you, you do that for that. me. <laughs> hmm? That's cool for the other daughter, too. She's like, yeah, you take care of that so mom can get off my back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was good to see them both. Um, and... Uh, so how was so the, I hung out with June. Oh, if you're from uh, Civic Civic Sunday. Or yes, Sunday June Civics. from Harlem. Yes, mm-hmm. I was introducing everybody. This is June from Harlem, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't talked to, to her in a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, perhaps I, we can. Maybe one day we can ask her on the show if she wants to. Yeah, we can prevail upon her. I've been thinking about that, so yeah, maybe she'll do it. We'll have to figure out a time. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so I hung out with June from Harlem. We got to meet a lot of people that we've known really since Twib time. Um, a lot of folks from the chat room. So shout out to the chat room. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of overlap between the two communities. So I, sure, yeah. sure. So uh, that was kind of nice. And I, I, heard, I met um, Leonard Brothers in the flesh. I heard from Rod that you are in verified air because only half the show got recorded. So whatever happened in the first half, only people there saw. And yeah, that's that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of what happened. So uh, it was it was a good outing for me. I had fun. I had lots of fun, but it was hot. Good really? God yeah. Almighty, was it hot? Oh, you mean in the building? Like in? The I theater? mean everywhere. Charlotte was hot. It was almost ninety. It was hot. It, oh my God. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of glad I didn't go. Ugh. Yeah, it was hot. Because um, it's just now getting to like 70 here as a high, which is perfect for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. If it but, just stays uh, like this for the rest of the year, I'd be happy. Oh, no, I need some winter. I mean, I do need a little winter. I would just be happy with one month of winter and the rest of the time like this. You oh, know? no, I need more than that. It's got to get good and cold. <laughs> oh, you just want like a you just want to put your, your fancy coats on your fancy scarves. Well, of course. Okay. I don't have fancy coats and scarves. I'm trying to be cute. <laughs> Clearly. I've never but. been that focused on being cute. Um, for me, You don't though, have to work as hard at it as I do. Well, I don't know about that. Mm, jury's out on that. Okay, whatever. <laughs> as far as me, now I am out of New York, finally. Took forever. And I'm back in the DMV area where I belong. And uh, yeah, just going to, you know, continuing at work, um, new roles, new duties and such. But now I'm back in the DMV and so closer to family and such, and which makes all of that a lot easier to manage. So that's good. But that's about all I've done. Gone to work, moved, <laughs> and then went back to work. Well, yep. good that you're back where you're comfortable. Exactly. But yeah, but now we're back. And we decided now that our lives have slowed down, 
I mean, get back in the rhythm, you know, get back to the show. And I, I'm sure that not much has changed since we left. <laughs> I'm sure everything is just like we left it and <laughs> maybe even a little bit better, right? Uh, we have one piece of good news. So, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Something got better. Something got done. So that, I mean, that's good. Um, but let's see. Let's, we got some stories. Uh, we missed a lot, so we'll probably be jumping in and out from time to time to talk about things that we may remember that we missed. But I saw this story and it kind of, kind of shocked me. I, I, I saw that Ebola apparently is back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just, we just stopped recording for a couple months and then Ebola just comes back because, I mean, that's what happens now. I thought we had, I thought we had licked this one. But it has returned in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. Um, actually, the whole... So, Ebola came from that area. Oh, really? That's the first uh, recorded... Yes. The, it, was, it was discovered in the Congo, which might have been Zaire at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. In 1976. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. So... Um, yeah, so that this is where we expect to see Ebola. Hmm. That West African Ebola was an anomaly. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, since they said since 2014 uh West African Ebola outbreak, that's the one that uh you just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh which killed I didn't realize it killed 11,000 people. Oh yeah. Wow. 11,000 actual got confirmed deaths cities. from I Ebola? I mean, that usually what happens is it, it burns out in a village. Yeah. You know, a couple hundred people, which is still horrible, but, it you know, it burns out. But once you get into the, the major population centers, this is going to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. So because, I mean, for people who haven't been to, like, Africa, they the way that it's usually laid out, except in, like, you know, the major cities are different, but usually in the smaller towns and smaller cities, it's a bunch of little villages that kind of like dot along like a highway or a main thoroughfare. And so they're separated by a significant amount of distance. So it, if someone did get sick, it, it wouldn't be likely to, you know, hop from town to town or from village to village. So, well, it's kind of like that in the United States, too. I mean, we just live on the East Coast, but that's most of the country is like that small town here small town there yeah but i think people here are uh more mobile and people are more likely to hop a flight you know from time to time or just be visiting someone or going somewhere and so because there's a lot more flights and a lot more travel things usually don't tend to just stay in small towns at least here and so if some if there is an outbreak even in a small town somewhere in like west virginia or something it it it's probably not going to stay there to meet people driving through, to meet people traveling through or traveling out. So God forbid it happens here. But uh, yeah, so as they said, since May 2018, there have been two confirmed outbreaks of Ebola in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, The first one in the Northwest region with 54 cases was declared over in July. And then people were relieved. But then again, it popped up again August 1st. Yep. I remember that week. Everybody was happy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's just one week, July 24th mm-hmm. and then August 1st. <laughs> Jesus. And they made the announcement and I think uh, the CDC made the announcement and then no. Do they think it's just an extension of the same outbreak? Like someone may have not gotten contained and then just um, moved it somewhere else? 
I actually don't know. Um, I've been following it, but not closely enough, I don't think. As far as I know, there's still only 54 cases, but okay. that's from that's from the first one. And right. I don't think CDC has, has updated us to know what's going on in the second one. Mm, well, they said here that the only update that they have here is that more than a month into this epidemic, the number of cases has surpassed the previous outbreak. Oh, that's so going to be bad. So it's more than 54 already. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. So it says, despite advances in the development of a vaccine for the treatment of Ebola, this particular outbreak has a unique challenge. Physicians and public health workers during this outbreak face red zones around the city of Oicha and the Ituri province, making infiltration dangerous. A red zone is a region deemed unsafe to travel by the United Nations with a high risk of attack and the recommendation that people should not enter that area under any circumstances. Yikes. Yeah. So if you're in the middle of a war zone and you have an infectious disease outbreak, that's pretty much a perfect storm. Yeah, because you you do. Well, first of all, people aren't able. Relief isn't able to get in. Um, you would think it might be contained because people aren't able to get out, but there's no one to actually manage that containment. So you know, people are free to move, or they may try to move, and then soldiers are going in and out, or you know, people just moving between town to town. So yeah, it's the perfect storm of maximum damage as well as you know maximum reach because no, there's no one there to keep tabs on it or keep a lid on it mm -hmm. yikes yeah uh, the un peacekeeping force which has around twenty thousand personnel in the drc has provided critical support in allowing medical teams to reach these regions so yeah that's probably going to be burning ongoing for a bit yeah yeah and uh i meant to uh put this in the in the outline for the stories we were going to look at, but I heard recently that the flu, they actually got numbers for the flu outbreak from last year. It said something like 80,000 people died. That wouldn't surprise me. It was bad last year. Like it was like, they didn't have an official count. They just knew it was bad. Cause I mm -hmm. think they, it was a combination. Well, yeah, it takes of, a while for them to, to tally up everything from all the hospitals right. and doctor's offices and stuff. Yeah. But they, cause I think even last year they knew they said, okay, the, from the hospitals, we're getting, you know, reports that, you know, the, the vaccine's not really working or, you know, they didn't cause it, we talked about it, you know, on one of the shows before they kind of have to guess like based on these outbreaks here and these outbreaks there, we think this is what it's going to be in the U S. And so that's what they decide how they decide to, uh, put together the vaccine that they're going to disseminate to everyone. And I yeah, guess but I, I think I, I would just take, time. I would take issue with the idea of guessing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really educated guess. It's yes. not like just, Oh, well, let's try this one. Well, yeah, I didn't mean to so, imply like flipping a coin, but just as though, but there is no certainty. Like they really, do well, have to there, there isn't take a leap. There's definitely no certainty, but, um, you know, what happens is those are the strains that are circulating. So those mm -hmm. are the strains that they use, mm -hmm. but you never know if one of them is going to either change or become more prominent. Mm. And that's sort of what happened last year. Right. Um, and, you know, this is if you're following me on on Twitter on Koki Talks Trash, I have already begun my year yearly go get your flu vaccine speech <laughs> so yeah. if you're listening now would be a good time for you to take care of that yeah because they said you know even if it doesn't you know prevent it at the very least you'll probably stay out of the hospital if you get it 
So yeah, and you, just and, you might, know, you if might you, be down for a while, but you won't have to be laid up. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be intubated, definitely. Right. But especially if you have small children in the house, if you have elderly in your life, um, if you have an yeah. underlying disease like diabetes, mm-hmm. if you have been a cancer patient at some point, please oh, just yeah. go get it. You know, I I know you feel lucky, but. <laughs> <laughs> just don't rely on that really dirty hairy that's what, that's what you're digging into <laughs> I, seriously i mean i honestly will tell you i did not take um the flu vaccine until my mother underwent chemo and i've been taking it ever since then it's been good for my parents so you know they don't get i don't take anything home to them and i actually have not been sick in like the last 10 years with the flu so yeah. if you have insurance it should be free in fact, I mean, they almost give it away. Like the CBS and such will advertise. It's like, hey, you got this yet? It's free. Come get it. <laughs> Take it out of our shelves. Yeah, so um, definitely try to work on that. Yeah. Cause I'm that, still that trying to decide number. if I should get the pertussis vaccine. Now, what's that? Um, so uh, I'm old. So I got the old dirty vaccine, which seems to have worked much better than the new pertussis vaccine which you probably got well i don't know now what's is pertussis does that sound like, that sounds like tussin like robitussin like what is that no whooping cough whooping cough oh so at this point you okay. should be seeing the psas on on television from time to time about how the wolf can get your child so if there's a, a new child around you you want to be protected mm-hmm. and as i mentioned i'm about to be a grandmother mm-hmm. so i do not want to have any issues now, is that something you have to get annually, like the flu? No, 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 no. Okay, um, so I think I got I, that. It's one of the I'm standard... sure you did. If you have, if you're up, were up to date on your shots as a child, yeah, um, you should have it. But okay. here's the thing: like I said, I'm old. I got the old, dirty vaccine that really worked. The newer vaccine, and I, I don't know what year this flipped over. I know it was sometime after I finished graduate school, so it would have been the the late 90s okay um they came out with a different kind of pertussis portion of the dpt vaccine Mm -hmm. and um it is acellular so it's three different proteins and what we've figured out since then is that one of the proteins that's in it a lot of the circulating strains of bordetella pertussis don't even make that so that sort of makes that whole you make antibodies to something that this bacteria doesn't even have, so it's laughing at your immune system. Oh, so it's useless. It's not useless. It's just not as good as the old dirty one was. So you mean and it's it be- might work, but not as reliably? It it definitely works, but what you need is a is a booster. Oh, okay. And especially if you're going to be around children. Now, here's my conundrum. My PhD was done on Bordetella pertussis. Oh, okay. I should have all the immunity on Earth mm-hmm. to Bordetella pertussis. There you go. I spent six years with Bordetella up my nose all the time. <laughs> so I, I really feel like I might be able to skip this because, one, I had the old dirty vaccine that worked. And, two, I spent six years with Bordetella all over me. So, I, I you know, I would never want to be the person that makes a baby sick. But I think maybe I can be excused. <laughs> a lot of other people probably shouldn't be so you're saying if you are around uh children and elderly or if you think you might be you should get a 
a booster for potential? It's mostly children, yes. Babies. Babies. Oh, okay. Huh. All right. I didn't I did not know that. I've never heard that. Because I thought it was just in the standard, you know, blend of uh, vaccines that they give, you know, kids well, before they this, go to school. This has been an, yeah, but this has been an issue only with the new acellular vaccine. And in the last few years, they, so what happened was we, we figured out that it wasn't working that well. And then we found out the reason why it wasn't working that well is one of the, the proteins that are that's in it Mm -hmm. in the formulation which worked you know in the 90s and the early 2000s right um now the strains that are circulating don't have that so oh okay all right so but the other two are still there you know and i think that's why the the push for a booster shot so basically people should keep an eye out if you've got children or you're planning on having children relatively soon you might want to get a booster and if you're a certain age you might want to check if you're under 40, certainly you should check to see which vaccine you had. I'm, okay, I'm thinking anybody you. under 40 got the acellular one. And if you're going to thinking about having a child or being around the child, you may want to just boost that. Uh, OK, because there's a certain period of time in, in the baby's life where they're not going to be protected and they don't need you transmitting it to them. Yeah, that makes sense. But like I said, I, I spent so much time with Bordetella. I feel like I'm immune to almost everything. <laughs> I mean, it's just good as a general PSA. We're always telling people, get, get your shots. It, it's just it's just worth it. Just do it. But yeah, so if you're if really, if there's a, a new child, please, this would be a good idea to take care of that. Mm. Oh, well, speaking of PSAs, um, there is a new science advisor. I never would have thought that would have happened in this administration. How about that? Well, that's not exactly true. Oh. There is a new science Office of Science and Technology Policy designee. I'm sorry, what? He has not been approved. So he is not the science advisor yet. Ah, okay. Now, does he have to be approved by the Senate? Yes, he does. Oh, like the Supreme Court guy. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, if I mean, he there, gets through, really anybody can get through. There are a lot of positions in executive agencies that have to have congressional approval. And for the most part, they just sail through. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody I worked with in a Senate office is, was one of the undersecretary of agriculture or something or other. And it was just so quick. They're like, what do you think? Yeah, he's fine. OK, so Brian became the undersecretary. Right. Um, but I don't know how much work the Senate is doing on a lot of these things. The last I heard, they were bringing in Daryl Issa for some position or other. So mm. you I haven't been paying attention and now I'm afraid. So I need to. I stopped paying attention because the last week of news has just been too depressing. So, well, anyway, so yeah, uh, Dr. Kelvin is, um, he was, I guess they, they came up, they came up to bring his name up sometime late in July. Mm -hmm. Um, but this has been the longest we've gone without somebody in this position in 42 ever. years since since the position was was um brought into being and they said currently before you know until he gets um confirmed the highest ranking science official in the white house is michael kratzios who is a 31 year old political science grad okay that so, is the highest ranking science official in the white house right now okay so so I just think we need to take a minute and 
say that political science is not science. What? <laughs> not that way. But it has science in the name. Political uh-huh. science. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, he, a grad, that means he finished his degree. I mean, clearly he's qualified. I mean, I, granted, he didn't go to Yale, but clearly he's qualified. Oh, my God. Yeah, I... <laughs> So he's basically keeping the office open. However, if you go to the Office of Science and Technology Policy, mm-hmm. the white space is full is full now. And I can read you the entire thing because it doesn't take that long. Oh. So the first the first part tells you what the office is, and it was established in 1976. Mm-hmm. And the empty white space is now filled with OSTP also leads interagency science and technology policy coordination efforts, assists the Office of Management and Budget with an annual review and analysis of federal research and development in budgets and serves as a source of scientific and technological analysis and judgment for the president with respect to major policies, plans, and programs of the federal government. And you can contact them and they give you the address. Okay, now what does that basically mean in a nutshell? What it means is there's nothing on this page that says who is the the leader of OSTP, who Mm -hmm. you can contact about this, that, or the other thing. So what they did was give you the the address, the name, and that's it. So Mm -hmm. the white space is now filled, but it's not filled with anything that you can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, well, let's talk about the actual dude. Let's see if is it, maybe this is good news. So uh, his name is Kelvin Drogmeyer. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Or Which Dro- is hysterical. Drogmeyer. The guy's name is Kelvin. That That's funny. That That's that's just got it work. Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin Drogmeyer. That, that's, that's funny. And for you non-scientists, that's a measure of temperature. It's funny. It's just. And he is a well-respected extreme weather scientist. Um, he's 59 years old. And he's currently the vice president of research at the University of Oklahoma, where he's researched storm forecasting for 30 years. So he's a weatherman. Uh, he's a meteorologist. <laughs> that sounds like the dude, like, sounds like Topper Shut. How is it different? Um, I don't think Topper Shut is an expert. I'm pretty sure he's not a PhD. Okay. Um, so this guy was teaching it, I think, in agriculture agriculture department okay something like that that would make sense um so yeah he's a weatherman but he's more than he's like a weather theorist he's more than just a weatherman mm-hmm. now how does do you have any idea or do we have any idea what his position is on climate change being a weather scientist um yeah i don't know and i at the time i sort of looked it up because we needed to make a comment um and it is not clear, but I can tell you what he teaches, okay. if that would help. Maybe. Let's see. So he teaches Introduction to Meteorology, mm-hmm. uh, Severe and Unusual Weather, mm-hmm. Advanced Synoptic Meteorology. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Okay. Atmospheric Dynamics. Okay. Hazardous Weather Detection and Prediction. Mm-hmm. Mesoscale Meteorology. <laughs> Visa scale. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Atmospheric <laughs> dynamics. So I'm sorry, I just thought of Jar Jar Binks. Go ahead. Oh, I'm a child. 
<laughs> so, I mean, it just seems like he is a real scientist who knows what he's talking about. Yeah, but I mean, they say they mention here that his CV is like 55 pages, peer reviewed papers, presentations at scientific meetings. Um, yeah, that's not unusual for somebody at that level. Yeah, but I'm just if with all that wealth of, you know, public work and reviewable work no one knows what his position is on climate change um seems right up his alley um, yeah but i hmm. think the thing is i don't know that no one knows i don't know hmm. I, I i mean this is so i'm reading this you know this kind of update on vox and i would think that you know vox is you know a little bit more left-leaning they would mention something like that i don't know if they just didn't do their homework or they didn't feel like reading his 55 page cv <laughs> before well, but i don't think your cv will tell you that unless you have a paper that says yeah. i believe in climate change as the title which i don't think would ever happen hmm. um so i mean he supported the the nasa director and he said he absolutely believes the planet is warming that carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas and that it contributes to warming well, okay. So All right. that's as far as you can get. But, you know, I, I think the real issue is for for people is not that that statement, but rather does man contribute to it? Mm. And he has not said anything about that that I know. Well, it says um, so further down, it says science advocacy groups breathed a sigh of relief when the White House announced Drogemeyer as the pick Tuesday evening. Uh, Dr. Drogemeyer is an extreme weather expert, a knowledge base that is becoming more and more important with climate change loading the dice as extreme weather becomes more prevalent, costly and deadly, wrote Michael Halpern, the deputy director for the science Center for Science and Democracy and Union of Concerned Scientists. So it sounds like he's in line with the general scientific community on climate change. Um, it says, General Gemeyer's former colleagues say his views on climate change align with those of most scientists. I'm certain he believes in mainstream climate science. Uh, Rosina Bierbaum, who worked on climate change issues with Drogemeyer at the University Corporation for Atmospheric Research. Um, so, I mean, it, it sounds like, okay, at least on that front, you know, we have someone who's ad, ad, supposedly advising the president and they do believe in climate change and they will give him proper you know, information and guidance on such. Yeah. Okay. Fingers but <laughs> all of that sounds good. Mm -hmm. However, if you continue to read, mm -hmm. according to John Holdren, who served as the science advisor to Obama, the biggest obstacle for Drogenmeier may be the president himself. I mean, we knew that he will have many challenges at his new post. Not the least of which is that there is no evidence. President Trump, is interested in science but but we knew that i mean yes we did but so the here's the thing the you might have a good guy good. who works there mm. and he can't do anything well yes that, that <laughs> is it. very very possible agreed so yeah i mean but we're closer yay, but yeah. mind you now when did we enter the trump administration January 20th, 2017. Mm -hmm. 2017. Yeah. We have not had a science. We still don't have one. Yep. What we have is the person he tapped, but we still don't have one. Well, wasn't didn't the person who was there before stay and then eventually just resigned because they weren't being utilized or didn't have access? I don't think Holdren stayed. I think he... <laughs> he departed as soon as uh, 
Well, they asked for your transition. your um your resignation like immediately. Mm. <laughs> okay. So I think he might have taken it. Mm. I can <sighs> look. Sad. So it took him almost two years. No, he was out January 2017. He left immediately. No, I mean, it took uh, this administration almost two years to find the replacement. Right. Okay. Well, it took a year and a half. I think they, they tapped him. I heard some rumors. Yeah, it's a year and a half because I heard some rumors like in July. Okay. All right. But so they were still not there. Yeah, but then who... <laughs> I, I don't even know like how it works over there. I know how it's supposed to work, but who is the one who tapped him? Because I doubt pre- the president even knows what his name is or even knows how yeah. to say his name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of OSTP. I only know how to work with them when they call. Hmm. And since there's no information on a website, <laughs> yeah. we know there's a skeleton crew there. That's the best I can tell you. Yeah, it's that one dude, 31-year-old. I'm sure there's more scientist. than one dude, but is I there? doubt that there are, are a sure? dozen. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Hmm. Well, I mean, other good news, I guess, along those lines, um, a funding bill was passed for labor and HHS. Um, yeah. That's so, good news, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> so I should preface this by saying that the, feder- the, the Congress has one duty that they are mandated to do by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And that is to pass the spending bills that fund the government. Right. That's the one job. It used to be 13 bills. Now it's 12. And they've been doing a bang-up job, right? This is the first time in 22 years that labor, HHS, and education funding bill went through before the end of the fiscal year. Huh. 22 years. 22 years. Now, do you have any indication or idea why this time they were successful? No, I really don't. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, and I wait, let me even go further. It's not that the House and the Senate passed the bill. Mm-hmm. The bill has been signed by the president. Mm-hmm. This, it's done. This, this makes me uneasy. <laughs> the fact that they put a spending bill in front of this guy and he signed it makes it suspect to me. I know that's probably not right, but am I wrong? Should I not feel that way? Well, you know, I want to be optimistic that they're starting to what? finally get some stuff done. Who am I talking done. to? What have you done with Cookie Negra? Bring her back. Um, yeah, I mean, so I've been following a, a lot of labor HHS because most of the work I do comes through HHS, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, but it it actually looks okay. Really? There's no, you know, poison pills or hideous cuts or... No! Really? And there's no border wall in it either. I... So how did this happen? Well, okay. Let's not get too excited. That's just one bill. (laughs) Eleven more have to go. 
I mean, the fact that we have a bill where we don't need to be, you know, concerned or running in the streets with our hair on fire, that that's a positive, right? That's a plus. It is. Okay. It is. There you go, people. We, we, good news. We found you good news. If you work in health or labor or education, you are funded for the next fiscal year. Before the end of the fiscal year. Like, so that, that's, it's just, that's the best it's we can unbelievable. do. That's the best we can do. That's all we can do for you. No, it's, it's like that's the way it's supposed to happen. The bar and is it low. hasn't in so long that I'm just shocked. Listen, the bar is very low. We take what we could get. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's some, you know, there's some nice stuff in there. Uh, like Pell grants are going up. Mm, how about loan uh, forgiveness? They got money well, for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going there, but Pell uh-huh. grants are going up. Great. Um, uh-huh. They got there? grants for if you're already out of school. How about that? Yeah, that I. Mm, mm-hmm. Two billion up on HHS. Um, okay. So they see the need for health and human services. How how conciliatory of them? Yeah, there's there's a little there's a little bit of um, bump for substance abuse and mental health services, being that we're right in the middle of a opioid crisis. It's about time. Mm-hmm. But I have issues with that too. Uh, <laughs> Because it's specific to the opioid crisis, well, as because opposed to drug treatment. Dr- yeah, it, it appears that the right people are now drug addicts, so now we care. Uh huh. But you know. Yeah. Exactly. But mm-hmm. it's up. Um, looks like the Indian Health Service is going to get a, a little extra money, and um, now the Indian Health Service is that who services the um, Native Americans? Ah, uh, okay. So the reservations. They have their own budget for for health services. Well, they have a budget or line. line item. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're um, funded through the Interior Department, and I would say probably our Native American friends would have things to say about whether or not it's good service, but it's something. Mm. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's there's an increase for NIH, an increase for CDC. How about for research? Well, NIH is usually where you get your money to do research, at least health related stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a plus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll have to wait for what happens in the department of energy. Cause there's research money in there too. Mm. And agriculture, but the, the biggest place for scientists, especially if you do anything health related is usually NIH. Now, do you think NIH money was used for the next story? So, so apparently, um, while we were away, uh, scientists were able to wipe out an entire species through genetic modification. (laughs) Well, this is a good thing we've been told by our overlords and we should not be worried. (sighs) Right? Yeah, this is great. We are now eliminating species through genetic modification. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so. Um, okay. So first of all, it's 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 not people. It it's, wasn't it's not even eliminating a everything. No. Just the mosquitoes that were in this one room in the basement in London. Yeah, just the black mosquitoes. Whoops! Well, I was not supposed to say that out loud. 
Okay. Um, mosquitoes genetically modified to crash the species that spreads malaria. I know they try to spin it like it's a good thing, but I'm just saying. Just saying. For the first time, scientists have demonstrated that a controversial new kind of genetic engineering can rapidly spread a self-destructive genetic modification through a complex species. This is good news, though, y'all. Good news. Um, the scientists used the revolutionary gene editing tool known as CRISPR to engineer mosquitoes with a gene drive, which rapidly transmitted a sterilizing mutation through other members of the mosquito species. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need you to stop there because <laughs> I, I'm going to need to explain a little bit of this before we get any further along. Yeah, uh, what's, what, how, are you, how do you explain your brethren? <laughs> okay, okay, so um, a gene drive. Mm-hmm. Um, what, genetic doom explain? device? Is, is that a. Okay, so it's called a gene drive, basically. Yeah, genetic doom device. <laughs> not, not, not doom, but. Right, um, not what, doom. What they're trying to do is spread some genetic marker through the wild population. So mm-hmm. that's the definition of, of the gene drive. Okay. Okay. So jokes um, aside, it's a way to pass a trait through a population. Right. And in this case, what they did was do something that was lethal to, to kill off these mosquitoes. Oh, is that okay, all? So. Okay. Now, here's the thing. This is so incredibly cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a mm-hmm. scientist, and yeah. this is amazing. So you um, are not helping the mad scientists. Uh, no, 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 no. But okay, okay. So at this point, are we really crying over mosquitoes that give people malaria? It mosquitoes is where it starts. No, no. Okay, I I get that, and we can talk about that later. Okay. But so here here's the thing. But no, you are right. Fuck mosquitoes. We all agree on that. Right. <laughs> But I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, But so the thing, so the gene editing tool that's CRISPR. Which we 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 talked about having a show on that um, before we went on break because there there were several developments, I think. And we should probably still do the CRISPR show. But I got to explain just in brief. And I, I think I can do it without driving everybody nuts. Okay. so CRISPR is. Basically, the bacterial immune system. Okay. Okay. So for us, you know, we have we have white cells and we have antibodies and we have um, innate immunity and IgM and IgG and okay, so and complement and we have a very um, complicated immune system. Remember that bacteria are single cell organisms. Right. So. Their immune system really consists of how to get bacterial viruses called phages, Mm -hmm. get their DNA out of their system before it kills them. So as a rule, viruses in in bacteria, especially gram negatives, that's the ones we've studied, the E. coli ones, bacteriophage, what they frequently do is they inject themselves into the bacteria. They somehow get their DNA into the chromosome of the bacteria. Mm-hmm. And then they take over the bacteria, like many other viruses, and they turn the bacteria into a virus factory and so that the virus can go and attack the neighboring cells. Okay, right. That's okay. how, yeah. 
So what CRISPR is, which is, it's an abbreviation of clustered, regularly, interspaced, short, palindromic repeats. You don't have to care what that means. Yeah, I'm not going to try. Anyway, so it's that there are pieces of of, uh, DNA that have these repeats of, of the nucleotides that an enzyme recognizes. And so it's very easy for it to read along that and see that there's some foreign DNA and then the enzyme pops that out. Oh, okay. So that's how um, bacteria try to maintain the purity of their own genetic structure or their... Right. They protect themselves from invading DNA, which is typically um, a virus. Okay. There are other... There are other ways, but that's a long story, and I don't want to drive everybody crazy. Mm-hmm. So what has happened is scientists, they, they figured this out. This was so brilliant. This guy's going to get the Nobel Prize for sure. Mm. So they figured out how to use this system to pop things in and out of other organisms. And in this case, we're talking about mosquitoes, so higher organisms. Mm-hmm. They tried to do it in um, mammalian systems, and that didn't work out too well. But um, What do you mean by that? Uh, you mean they tried it and there's some like chimera sitting in the basement somewhere? Okay, can we can we get off your chimera issue? <laughs> you seem to be f- fixated on this. No, that is not what happened. Hmm. Anyway, but when we do the CRISPR show, maybe we'll talk about that. Okay. But anyway, so what they did, which, you know, as I said, this is a bacterial thing. And they were able to do this um, in, in a mosquito. And... You know, mostly I'm sure they started in fruit flies because everything starts in fruit flies. Right. Um, So they were able to use this to put in something. uh, It's called a P element. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Don't laugh. Don't. don't. (laughs) Anyway. Is it yellow? What? Why am I talking to you? I'm just wondering. And P element is <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Is a piece of DNA that um, we would call a transposon, and a transposon is basically a piece of DNA that jumps around. Mm-hmm. So, and I know you know you have seen the evidence of a transposon, even though you don't know it. Oh, really? How? Do you know what Indian corn looks like? Yeah, that's the uh, all different colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason why it is not just yellow mm-hmm. is because one of these transposons has jumped around and it's carrying, it, it's jumping into places that change the color. Hmm. Okay. So, so people don't know that they know about transposons, but they do. Everybody has seen this corn. It's about to come out now. It's like you know, we always see it in the in the fall, right? For Halloween and such. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the woman who identified these transposons, her name was Barbara McClintock, and she identified them in corn, and she did get the prize for it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this jumping DNA has often been used to um again tag things with certain genes that you want so the combination of them using the kind of p element that they've been using in drosophila which which is the fruit fly they used in this um in in these mosquitoes and they were able to put a lethal gene in there and i think that's probably enough 
science for for the whole point. Okay, and so the I don't want to make it worse. <laughs> so the particular mosquito they're targeting was it's called the Anopheles gambiae, uh, which is a known carrier of the uh, disease malaria. And just because I did work in a mosquito lab at one time, I do know that. Uh, I remember. Yeah, certain. Uh, mosquitoes are more prone to carry certain uh, viruses or diseases than others. So I think uh, there's a there's a couple of other species. I think it's Aedes aegypti. I think is one of the mosquitoes that also carries malaria. Um, and then there. Well, but they don't all carry the same kind of malaria. True. Yes. And so I think it does make sense. I have just pulled up the paper, and I'm I'm trying not to go away. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> um, they did start out with with fruit flies, as I suspected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just looking in the introduction to see which one. No, they're just talking about vector control. So, so what is the? Did they say in that summary what the fatal trait was? Was it some sort of like? Um, like, I don't know how bug systems uh, work. I didn't go into that depth. Like, I don't know if they have, like, a circulatory system or a... Um, what, so what it looks like is they used the CRISPR gene drive, and what it did was it basically sterilized the females. Okay, that'll do it. So it didn't just, they didn't just all drop dead. Got you. It was an over time. The population. Yeah, it took. Just, they they okay. say they found a hundred percent prevalence of the gene that they put in, um, between seven and eleven generations. Mm-hmm. So for I don't know how long it takes mosquitoes to grow because I've never worked in a mosquito lab. How long is that? I think it's like a week from the fully grown. So, so a generate from egg laying to mm-hmm. an adult is a week. I believe so. If I'm remembering, this is like 20 years ago. I'm trying to remember. Okay. So, I mean, I think it might be slightly longer than that with fruit flies, but nine days maybe. But so that oh, 11 generations until, is yeah. like 11 weeks. Yeah. Oh my God, this science looks beautiful. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? You're getting aroused by a scientific paper? Oh my God, science. I'm a scientist, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> It's like, oh and, my you know, God, now the I elegance don't do of this. these of these suppositions. <laughs> no, but now I don't do this for a living, so I have not seen. Oh, this is beautiful. How elegant. Mm. Mm. Calm down there. You need a cold shower. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> mm. They're constructs. Mm, they're beautiful. Somebody worked really hard on this. Oh okay. My God. <laughs> so, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of the paper. Get it? I just closed it, okay? It's like you're reading a romance novel, really dirty romance novel. <laughs> no, but you know, when, when you know how hard it is to make the constructs and you see when somebody else did it and it's so beautiful. <laughs> hmm. I see. Mm hmm. Do, do we need to give you a minute? No, come on. <laughs> I can see you. I can hear you speed reading through it right now. <laughs> no, no, I closed it. I really did because okay. if I start reading, I got stuff to do. I can't. Okay. <laughs> 
but okay. But the CRISPR system is really amazing. So you my know, first, I guess my first question is, if we are going to go down the, the evil scientist path, um, can we get rid of New York's rat population through use of CRISPR? Um, well, as I said, the mammalian CRISPR stuff has not worked out as well as this. So hmm. I don't know. And I have to say, even in this, this article, the technology raises concerns, and I definitely have some concerns because here's the thing. When you let these animals, insects, whatever, out into the wild, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. So they did, they did something that was incredibly interesting, and they showed the power of the technology. Um, but they did it in a situation where it's not going to make any difference. What you don't want to do is really throw that out there in the world and then hope. So I think, let me see if I can find the passage. Uh, basically, I, what I know that they did is they had a closed um, facility or a yeah, closed container the where, they, where, yeah, where they ran the experiment so that none of the mosquitoes left. They introduced some clean mosquitoes and then they introduced the mosquitoes that had the CRISPR trait or the, uh, the trait modified by CRISPR, and then they mixed the two, and mm-hmm. then they tested at the end to see how many of them carried the trait. And then by the end of the experiment, 100% of them carried that trait, mm-hmm. which was a success. Uh, so it was self-contained. Like you said, it, it demonstrated the technology. Um, it definitely, there was a lot to learn there for people. Uh, I'm sure there's easy ways for people to duplicate it, the, the results. But no, none of this is easy. <laughs> well, what I mean is, um, if someone wants to to do the same thing, they they have a, a blueprint to follow now to do it. So yeah, I mean, obviously, the first thing people think about is if some unethical person were to uh, is the right word infect or modify? I guess modify would be the better word. Were to modify a person and then release them into the population could re- could a lot of damage be done? I think going from mosquitoes to a person mm-hmm. is a long time coming. As I said, the mammalian stuff, and I'm talking about mice and rats, mm-hmm. has not worked all that well. Now, when you say it has not worked all that well, do you mean nothing happened or something unexpected happened? I think some strange things happened. And um, I think, you know, we might want to do a show on technologies that look good on paper. But, you know, once once you're dealing with an organism, Mm -hmm. things often change. So that's the reason why, you know, when you're doing vaccine development, it looks good in the cell culture and then it looks good in the mouse and then you put it in a person and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, so you are always going to have to play with it. And that's when you need an engineer. Uh, And by your words, you've called engineers the the bane of all. (laughs) Those are the real mad scientists, according to you. Well, no, it's just that. I can come up with, like, this was pure. This was pure science. It was beautiful. If you give it to an engineer, they're going to do something ridiculous with it. (laughs) Because they can't help it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know there's engineers engineers listening right now. The slander. (laughs) Um, Actually, I'm trying to get an engineer to to be a guest because I... I, Ooh, 
can I be like the moderator of the debate and just have y'all go at it? <laughs> like um, crossfire science. I don't know that there's going to be that much of a deba- debate because I'm going to need him to explain differential equations to me and why that ruined my engineering career. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that there'll be a debate, but I think they, they think very differently. So is it possible that somebody could do this? But I suppose, but where are you going to get the laboratory? I mean, it's not like I'm sitting around in my apartment. Oh, I got a den. I think maybe I'll just modify this human. Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't well, work that way. Well, I think that's kind of what's um, that's what what's opaque to like the general population. It sounds like a simple process in this article, but we don't know what that entails. Like, I promise you it is not simple. I'm thinking they probably worked on the constructs that they used for a year now, before they got to the, the mosquitoes. Could it be used as a weapon? Anything like, can be used as a weapon. But I mean, foreign governments would have access to facilities like this. Um, They'd be able to fund it properly and, and find the right you know, minds and talent to do it. Why would they need to do that when they can just tap into all of our emails and stuff? (laughs) Um, I don't know why. Maybe they want to do multiple fronts. You never know. But I'm just... Well, explain to me what you think is going to happen. They're going to genetically modify a person and then what's going to happen? They're going to send them over here and then they're going to mate with our population and then they're going to spread it. Okay, so what kind of mutation do you think they would do now that i have no make idea. us all sterile i mean i May, I, don't I, know. I guess i don't understand what what your fear is so i don't know how to address it well i guess i'm thinking is it as simple as introducing one modification into a population or is there even more entailed to that like is the is the barrier to causing damage with this is the barrier the fact that it's difficult to do to one or is it difficult to introduce enough into a system does that make any sense? Well, okay, so let's uh, let's assume you could do this, which that is far from Current relevant. Reality. Okay, so it, think about all of the people you know who have used assistive reproductive technology to yeah. try to have a child true, and true. how hard that is. Yes. And you're not mutating anything. Right. So what you'd have to do is figure out how to make this work, and as I've said, in In mammals, this hasn't worked so far. Mm -hmm. But let's say we can modify CRISPR at some point where we can put a gene. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it would be for. Mm -hmm. But, okay, say green hair. Okay. Okay. Green hair ridiculous. Yeah. And so now you have to have somebody who grows up. So you have to have a successful pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Live long enough. To reproduce. Mm-hmm. So they send us one guy. Mm-hmm. How much can one guy get? How many kids can he produce? Let's just say he gets the average of two or three. Okay, so that is a very long term way to do so. Like, mm, okay. you'd be much better with a bomb. <laughs> so it would, be, it would be generational. And since humans have such long lifespans mm-hmm. and such variable. Um, reproductive habits, and you don't even know if you would it, be unpredictable. You would. You don't know if it's even going to work, it right? Could, unless, it could fizzle unless, out after two generations, basically. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, two generations would take like forty years anyway. 
Right. Mm. Okay. And so I think, you know, yes, this sounds like a really interesting sci-fi movie, but in reality, that is extremely expensive, extremely difficult to do. And, you know, so you get one offspring. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. If you're lucky. And then, you know, how you know this guy's going to get laid? <laughs> if he expresses green hair, then mm. maybe he's not that interesting to women. Yeah, true, true. So I'm I'm more interested in the technology and how it can be used in other areas. My first thought is not always, you know, how are we going to screw up humans like this? Mm. I'm always worried that someone's thinking that way because I can't put anything past humanity now. So. Well, it sounds like to me you're trying to be like a supervillain because I'm not even thinking that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you mean. Uh huh. I, I I'm offended at the very supposition that I could be a supervillain. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm, know where you would get an idea like that. That is. Yeah, I just don't even ridiculous. understand why the first the first thing you think of is how we can abuse other people in other countries with these mutants. That's kind of scary to me. That actually, that's where your mind goes. Actually, the first thing I thought of was how to get rid of these goddamn rats. That, that was the first thing I thought of, honestly. But Yeah, I would like to see fewer rats. Yeah, um, thank you. But again, every time you start messing with something, you screw it up. Mm. So the reason why there are pigeons in cities is because we got rid of some of their natural predators. So like every time you tweak something, so say we get rid of the mosquitoes. Maybe what happens is worse. Hmm. So the idea of, you know, I think this this is a great idea to show that um, the technology works. This is something that they were trying for, not necessarily using CRISPR, but in um, in the Zika outbreak. They were trying to release basically the same thing, sterile mosquitoes in Miami. Oh. To kill off whatever was was um, transmitting Zika down in Miami Beach. Did it work? Um, I don't know if they ever did it. I think there was there was a lot of outcry because you know in America we're all afraid of genetically modified whatever anything. It is. We don't we don't like the words. The words yeah. are scary. Exactly. So I don't know that they actually did it. You know, once once mosquito season kind of well, it didn't really end in Miami. It never really ends, but we stopped seeing Zika cases. So I'm not sure what they did in Miami Beach or Miami Dade or whoever made the decision at the public health department. Hmm. Well, but yeah, they were they were trying to do just other kinds of sterile mosquitoes, not using CRISPR gas. So wait, what do you mean other sterile mosquitoes? So they didn't they didn't use CRISPR technology, they used something else? Yeah, you can you can make a mosquito sterile fairly easily. <laughs> oh. Okay. okay, maybe I should never mind. Okay. Never mind. Okay. I'm just I want just, you to uh, just saying just, if if, if you were to take a vote, if you were to take a vote for who is more likely to be the supervillain. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, as I mentioned to people on Twitter, <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty easy to often, eliminate a population. I mean, whoops. <laughs> I I have a I have a freezer full of pathogens, so you might not want to cross me, but I haven't used them yet. All right, Lex Luthor. Anyway, <laughs> just saying, you know, you might want to recognize who I am. That's mm, all. I'm just saying. start calling you Alexa Luthor. That, that's all I'm saying is I <laughs> I don't do it, but that don't mean I can't. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> 
and we're gonna leave that there and um uh-huh. yeah now that we've uh we've come back we have to return to one of our favorite favorite topics cash these hands 2018 <laughs> cash these hands has returned people are still fucking around with animals for no reason just cause for shits and giggles either because they're drunk they're privileged or, or they both. or they just want a cool selfie a cool photo op and uh they get got because these animals are sick of her shit and they have been for a while and now they're fighting back this isn't the topic for the day but i just i just saw the video of the seal slapping that nigga in the face with an <laughs> octopus like he owed him money <laughs> see my favorite is i saw a meme i don't know how long ago and when, when i saw that it made me think of it and cry mm-hmm. because it was i'm gonna hit a motherfucker with another motherfucker yes that's exactly <laughs> what i thought of when i saw that but i don't th- just think of the complexity of thought in that seal not only <laughs> not only did he want to slap that nigga in the face Clearly, he irked him. I don't know how, but he wanted to slap him, and he didn't want to get his paw dirty or his fin. So he said, "What is the closest thing close? What's the closest thing to me right now?" And he grabbed an octopus that was just minding his business, <laughs> just swimming along. And the seal said, "Come here, motherfucker!" And then dragged him out of the water, That's and then what? slaps the kayak in the face. And then dismisses the octopus like your job is done here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched that clip twenty times. I was baffled and <laughs> mystified and proud at the same time. I didn't know how to feel. I was like, what mm. what 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 possessed that seal? What did he do to him? Yeah, see that's what I want. I want the, the preceding two minutes as yes. to what did you do to the seal. I want the backstory. Like maybe the seal had some had a fish in its in his mouth, and then one of the oars like knocked the fish out of his mouth, and it fucked up his dinner. And he was like, "You know what?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, seals are kind of funny. Like, um, I used to live near the aquarium in Baltimore, pretty close. Mm-hmm. And so when people came by, you know, we go to the aquarium, and I was a friend of mine from we grew up together in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He came to visit, and sometimes this the they come outside like there are some there are some pools outside right and so he had allergies and he stood there and he blew his nose and the seal came out and made the same noise wow so like they're really smart they're funny he was like you talking to me, <laughs> talking to me? But, but so just... it's like i think they have more thought than we think because he really knocked him upside the head with an octopus. But they, they, scientists have been saying, you know, for, for decades that one of the signs of higher level, you know, intelligence is the use of tools. Mm-hmm. And this. That's right. And not just any tool. He. Because I feel that the an seal, octopus. like. If the seal wanted him <laughs> dead. Like, think about this. If the seal actually wanted him dead, he would have grabbed him by the neck and drug him under the water. Yeah. Seals know how to murder. I'm, conf- I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. But he didn't want to murder him. He wanted to teach him a lesson. And so, so he, he said, what is the closest non-lethal weapon near me that I can utilize with my paw, my, my fins in my mouth? And he grabbed an octopus. <laughs> the utter disrespect for both the octopus and the nigga in the kayak. <laughs> just, the, the sheer disrespect. Just like if I'm walking down the street and I grab someone's dog to slap another exactly. person in the face. The utter disrespect to both the dog and you. 
<laughs> it's patently available. It's patently, patently uh, apparent. So yeah, that seal has no respect for anyone. I mean, he. <laughs> if we had an awards, if we had an award for the Catch These Hands 2018, he he is the he front wins. runner. He is the front runner right now. Yeah, he, the no, year he ain't wins. over. The he, year ain't over. No, nothing is going to be better than this. Um, listen, raccoons are still a thing. You know, some crazy raccoon will do some wild shit tomorrow. We'd be like, what the fuck? He like, will not be slapping anybody with a goddamn octopus. Now, no. listen, I, I bet you there's a raccoon out there right now who knows how to put a car in neutral and back it up over a motherfucker. So I don't put anything past raccoons. No, he has to have a friend because he can't reach the pedals. What, he uses a squirrel to, to shift the car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's got to have a friend. <laughs> he uses a squirrel tail to reach the pedal. <laughs> okay, but yeah, something like that might happen. I'm just saying, he's the front runner right now. Octopus Seal is the front runner. Yeah. Came in like a superhero. Um, so that's actually not the topic for Cashy's Hands. I found something else. But we really needed to talk about that. Yes, the only reason it's not is because that dude really didn't do nothing to the seal. He was just minding <laughs> his goddamn business. So I don't want to put him out there like that. He really. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, saw, I saw the video. I think it was really just Orn minding his business. Just <laughs> he was not doing nothing. There was no reason for that seal to, to disrespect him like that in the face. But um, well, we don't know that. See, we didn't see the beginning. I, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. He looked utterly shocked. Like it wasn't like he was poking at the seal with the oar. He was just like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> so I will, I will leave that dude alone. Um, but uh, in other news, um, there was a man. Uh, can be seen in a video grabbing hold of an alligator's tail while his friend films. The friend assures the gator grabber the video will lead to a cool screenshot. The large alligator quickly made it known that it does not like being treated as a prop by turning around and lunging at the man. (laughs) The gator who is resting at a small pond just misses biting the antagonizer. And then the man in the clip says, have you ever seen a fat guy run that fast? See. It. I'm just. I'm just saying, because I. I if you Here, look, here's, here's what I think. Go, go ahead. Some people's lives are just boring. Clearly. They don't have to worry about being shot by the cops or have hypertension. Mm-hmm. Guess or the not race. get a job because your name sounds too black. Like, they just don't have enough problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. They decide it's a good idea to fuck with an alligator. Now, it's just me. I've seen alligators. Mm -hmm. And I saw one take off in Louisiana Mm -hmm. after something. Because for the first five minutes I was looking at him like, they're kind of lazy. He's just laying there sunning himself. Why is everybody so pow? And it took off. And I went, okay, never mind. I got it. Now. Why would you? A couple things. So one. It doesn't say in the article where this takes place, but it's got to be Florida, right? (laughs) It it has to be. I'm looking at the clothing this dude is wearing, the fact that he had a gator readily available. It it has to be. It has to be Florida. I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm calling it out. I'm just going to say that it's Florida. And if you see the video, it's a massive fucking gator. Yeah, I don't understand. It's not like a baby or some... It's a massive fucking animal. And it's just chilling. Minding its business. Sitting in a pond. Sunning. Enjoying the day. And this nigga is pulling out his tail. 
And I just would like to applaud the restraint of this animal. It didn't really attack him. It just sort of lunged lazily at him. And this nigga like ran for dear life. But basically he said, get the fuck away from me is what happened. <laughs> but even, it, it's not even enough that he does the little lunge. He has to lunge twice because the dude, when he sees him the first time, still gives the thumb up trying to get, you know, the video, I guess. And then later, See, the alligator has to lunge again, and then a nigga takes off like like the Flash. See, why would you? He is pulling an alligator by the. T- yeah. This guy's a damn fool. I I don't know how much you would have to pay me, and how much liquor you would have to ply me with, in order for me to be standing in that same position. I don't. There is not. There's enough not enough of either in the world. There's not enough of either money or liquor to say, hey, I want you to go into this pit. And I want you to yank this animal's tail. See, I don't understand why you couldn't just take the picture of the alligator and say, look what we saw. No, I have to I be in it. I don't, I don't understand. No, I don't you have, understand. You have, you have to be in it. You're not of this generation. That's the problem. You have no, to this guy picture. doesn't look that young. I, uh... <laughs> I mean, he looks 40-ish, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, he doesn't look that young. That this, you know, if this were Beavis and Butthead, like if these were teenagers, okay. Yeah, that okay. Yeah. But that's th- these are grown ass men. I just, I really wanted him to be a half second slower, and for that alligator to just want it a little bit more, and it would have had been a completely different story. Well, that alligator was a little bit sluggish, so he might have just fed recently. True. So he, was not he wasn't hungry. hungry. Right. Try that on a hungry one. <laughs> he was he was literally sunning because of the itis. He had probably just eaten. Yeah, he had exactly. He had the itis. Yeah, he had just eaten someone's dog probably, and he was digesting and he was enjoying the sun. And this nigga is tugging at his tail. And you know how like your grandma would slap at you know the grandkids when they try to wake her from the nap, just kind of swat at him like ah, get away from <laughs> little boy if you don't sit down and they go back to sleep. That that's kind of what the alligator did. So the end of this article just cracks me up. While both humans and the alligator appear to be safe at the end of this clip, it is never made clear why the men were bothering the animal in the first place. No, it is not. Just because they're dicks. Like you said, they're bored. They just, obviously, they don't have enough to keep them busy. They're not worried about a job or, you know, I just, I don't understand what the issue is that you have to go mess with an alligator Especially that one was really big. That could eat a small person. Um, that could eat a medium-sized person. I'm sorry. Well, see, I was thinking it, it could it could swallow Peter Dinklage. Yes, it could swallow Easy. one and a half Peter Dinklages. Yes. Yeah, easily. You know, and still he, have room for more. He's not gonna get all of me or all of you. No, but he could. He could definitely. Know, our, our, I think you could squeeze up a, a whole Peter Dinklage and then maybe another half in there. Peter Dinklage and a, and a toddler. Yes, Peter Dinklage and a two-year-old could easily fit in his in his, in his body. It, it's it's a huge alligator, and mm-hmm. I just I don't understand. If I'm in, walking and I see that guy, I'm gonna tip back the way I came and pretend nothing happened. I'm gonna say that's a Trump voter. Just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> just gonna say it. Yeah, yes, I just I mean the one thing I know about alligators is they don't turn very well. Mm-hmm. So if that's probably one is how his friend convinced him. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. Alligators can't turn. He's like, oh, really? Word. And then, yeah. No, they don't. They don't turn very well. They if don't you see how they're built. Well. It takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while 
but it gets it done. <laughs> well, no, definitely. But the thing is, if one is after you, make a sharp right turn. Mm. It's going to take him a while. Mm. Don't run in a straight line. You know, this is not Game of Thrones and zigzag. You are not Rickon. Oh, no. Don't run in a if straight If you run in a straight line, line you are Rickon because you get that arrow <laughs> exactly. on the back. Yeah. So make a right turn, make a left turn, definitely zigzag, <laughs> and you might live. Mm hmm. Uh, but why would you walk up to it like, hey, Mr. Alligator? I think you missed the the beginning. It's clearly for a cool screenshot. No, I, I understand, but I just don't understand how you're not thinking, hey, I could die here. No, I Maybe. gotta keep, look, my I Instagram should... needs to be popping. You don't understand. Uh-huh. I barely brain. have Instagram. Like, every now and then I remember <laughs> to put a picture up there, and I can guarantee you it's never near an alligator. That's the best way to describe my Instagram usage. Every now and then I remember I have Instagram. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is why I don't got shit on there, because I, I forget I have it 90% of the time. But yes, what you won't see is me uh, tugging on an alligator's tail on my Instagram. Don't don't sign up for that because you won't see it. You might catch me with the lions, though. Nah, I'm not playing those games. I'm not playing those games either. Nope. Did you you saw the lion? Yes, I saw the people sitting in the trailer. Oh my god, the lion's so adorable. It loves me. And yeah, I was just waiting. Yeah, oh my god, I was waiting. It was adorable. It's just like you can't outrun it. So no, no, what no, you no, gonna no. do? You it was just... in their truck. I know. They could have driven away. No, they let it in the truck. They stopped at the lion. To the, take a picture. Yes. And then the lion said, oh, what's going on in here? Because, you know, at, at its heart, uh, now a lion is just a cat. And so it said, what's going on in here? And started playing with shit and started moving mm-hmm. them around. Like, what you doing in here? What's this? What's that? Yeah, but what you don't <laughs> want to do is upset it. So, exactly. you know, so, some people got out. They were like, okay, maybe we don't sit here. That's what but, we call Darwin at work because they would have But lived. the cat had its paws around you. The, Those claws listen. are like their claws are as long as your finger. If the cat wants you to stay, guess what? You stay. Doctor, listen. If <laughs> if the lion is in my vicinity and has if I'm within paw reach of a lion, I've already fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hours <laughs> pretty ago much. when I got out of bed that morning with the motivation the to decision. go near a lion, I had already fucked up. <laughs> so my life is already forfeit. So I it's still I still blame them. They they don't get off because of that. Yeah, you they already have fucked had up. a better truck. <laughs> I don't know why there's no doors on their fucking truck, but what, yeah. well, whatever. Well, that's why. <laughs> we we digress. Stupidity comes in all stripes. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to stay out of the animal's way because they don't have patience for us anymore. And I, I realize this and uh, I respect it. And I'm just trying not to get slapped with a seat. I'm just trying not to get slapped with an octopus. That's all I'm trying to do. That, that, that. That might be my motto for the rest of the year. I, I'm just trying not to get Try slapped. Trying not to get, get slapped. slapped when I'm just trying not to basically have your life changed due to no fault of your own. <laughs> just, just trying to stay out of the way. That's all I'm trying to do. But uh, yeah. So how's it feel to be back? I don't know yet. We'll <laughs> you don't know yet? You need like three more episodes? At least. Yeah. And then we, yeah, we're going to try to uh, talk to some folks, even get some guests, and then definitely talk about how CRISPR won't lead to the, the fall of mankind. Oh, sweet Jesus. I'm just saying. Just saying. I was supposed to go to a CRISPR meeting uh, Thursday night, and I blew it off, and I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> that was the secret meeting where they made the decision. You missed it. Well, I was invited, so it couldn't have been secret. That okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, that 
They're like, oh, word, you too good for us, Dr. Negra? All right, all right. <laughs> I, I might want to go over you there. You are now and, part and of the rest apologies. of the population. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might want to go over with cupcakes next time. Like, oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I had, I had uh, something came up, but I'm with you guys <laughs> so that you can then inform us and our audience about what we should avoid. Right. Well, see, that, that would be the point, but you know, you got to make it worth my while. Mm. So you got, we got to bribe you now. Yeah, well, I'm not saving you for nothing. True I gotta get something out of this. Super villain status. That's a super villain move right there. I'm just saying. No. Just saying. I'm just trying to get paid. Lex Luthor is just trying to take over the world. I mean, he, no. Lex look, Luthor has money. I'm every trying to get paid. Look, All I'm saying is, every villain is just trying to do something. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a villain, as I said. You always go straight for the world-ending scenario, which tells me you're the super villain in training. Somebody got to be able to catch the villain in the act. That's my job. Oh, I'm it's, I'm it's, the John the Baptist. I'm the, the the canary in the coal mine. That's what that's uh, my duty. Yeah, the villain always thinks he's doing the right thing though. Mm-hmm. So does the hero. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, mm. all I'm saying is <laughs> And on that note. There's no reason why I should give away my expertise for free. That's what that's all I'm saying. Well, uh tell them where on Twitter they should direct their bribes. Dr. Uh, Nager, yes, that's your can, new super villain name. I'm still at the same place. You can find me at Koki Talks Trash for regular discussions and at Koki Negra if you want to talk about science, which is where I usually do that. Yes. And you can talk to me at, at P Funkin' Around on Twitter and uh, at the, the show Twitter, which I need to reestablish access to so that I can, I can make edits to that. That's, Excuse uh, me? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. At capital oh, U K N O W molecules. And you can tweet us there, DM us there if you have any questions or just want to talk about something uh, that you saw that was interesting. But uh, yeah, we will be back in the near future. We definitely won't be taking another long sabbatical like we did before. But uh, we will be in touch. 